There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Darius Rucker brings his signature sound to Wolf Trap tomorrow night in Virginia. We spoke in 2016 about his transition from Hootie and the Blowfish to becoming the first black solo country artist to go number one since Charlie Pride in 1983. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Oh, yeah, man. You know, we like to make our shows parties just... just have a good time and, you know, play some music that people want to hear and, you know, high energy and just, uh, it's all about, it's all about trying to just get people to have fun and have a party and for an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, and then they can go home back and go back to their lives. Yeah, nothing's more fun than one of them uh, outdoor country concerts. Uh, it's it's hard to believe. It's, it's really been eight years since you, you've gone country, as Alan Jackson put it. You used to probably have to do all those interview tours with, what's it like making the transition, but what's it like now, you know, being part of the fabric of the industry now? Yeah, it's great. You know, you're right. You know, it doesn't seem like eight years at all, but... uh <laughs> You're right. It's like it was like, you know, early on, not knowing what was going to happen and trying to trying to get in and trying to be a part of it. Now, eight years later, being a member of the Opry and all the great stuff and and just really being a part of country music, it it feels great. It feels per- like exactly where I'm supposed to be, and, and I'm, I'm having a blast. What's that that sort of transition like? Because a lot of artists have done that in recent years. You know, come over from other genres and found a really nice home in country. I mean, Nashville's been pretty welcoming to a lot of different genres especially in recent years, is there is there sort of like a resistance from the insiders at first, or, or are they pretty open? Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody's calling you carpetbagger and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I first started, you know, it really was like a lot of people who are friends of mine now said, you know, I never thought I'd play your music. And, you know, it was uh, one of the things that people just, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's you know, it's pretty open, but they they look at you with with skeptic eyes, like why are you doing the country music? Why do you want to be over here? And right. and I think just me and going around, like you said, doing radio tours and stuff like that, and just meeting people, they they realized how much I really do love country music, and you know, I think that helped me a lot when when it was time to get in. Where did that? You mentioned your love. Where did that sort of come for you? You know, growing up, did you have sort of certain artists that you were, you know, that you really dug back in the day when you were first introduced well, to country? When I was, you know, when I was young, you know, it was Kenny Rogers and and you know Buck Owens and and, and you know he was my show and, and I loved it. And then <laughs> when I got a little older and discovered bands like Nancy Griffith, Bluegrass Revival, and, and yeah. Dwight Yoakam and and, and Foster and Lloyd, those bands just blew my mind. And, Made me go, man. I want to make a country record someday. And then you finally did. Uh, take me back. I want to. I want to get to your new album uh, definitely. But if you don't mind, um, if we can roll pretty quick chronologically through through your your four previous ones. Take me back to that to that first album, Learn to Live. I mean, don't think I don't think about it. Blew up. All right, it won't be like this for long. History make like it had a ton of hits on it. Were you were you even you surprised at how much that sucker blew up? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just, you know, when I got my record deal, I was first shocked that I got a record deal that I just wanted to make a good enough record that they let me make another one. And, you know, when Don't Think, I don't think About It went to number one, it was like, wow, <laughs> this is really, this is really happening. And then, you know, the two other songs went to number one and history got the top five. And it was just like, wow, this is really happening. It's working. And, and uh, you know, they'll, they'll definitely let me make another. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and, and you did make another. And I thought, um, what was it? Charleston, South Carolina, 66. Um, yeah. I thought Comeback Song was just a geniusly titled song because it was, you know, one of them double meanings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was. You know, I wrote that song with Chris Stapleton and, uh, and uh and uh, Casey Beathard, and, and I just I remember that was the last song we wrote for the record, and, and uh, I remember that session so well, and, and we wrote it, and didn't think it was going to be on the record, and decided to cut it. It was the first single, and, and you're right, it was the, the perfect double entendre, you know, for me to put out a song called Comeback Song. Definitely. Um, and then moving into your third album, you had a couple hits, radio, and, and of course, Wagon Wheel. Take me into because that, that song is a favorite on people singing it at college campuses, bars, football games, you know, from the Bob Dylan to Old Crow Medicine show. But how did you sort of make that one your own? Uh, it was crazy. Uh, you know, I, I was I, I decided to cover it one night when I heard it at uh, my daughter's high school talent show. Uh, <laughs> the, the teachers had started playing it, and they were playing it really country. I never really thought about cutting it because I, I love the song and I'm a huge Spoke Crow fan, but I just thought it was still bluegrass. I never thought about making it a country song until I heard it that way. And, and so I decided, well, let's cut it. And even when after we cut it and put Lady A on it, I never, I didn't think it was going to be a single. And then it was, and it just got a life of its own. You know, that song just took off and I, it was a shocker. And to watch it, like yesterday, I was in a restaurant that played you know, over the yeah. music so I was like you know this is this is crazy this song is still getting played a lot but uh, yeah I didn't expect it to be as big as it was that's for sure you are everywhere now man uh, alright well compare compare sort of your, your most recent one for your fourth album Southern Style um, with, with the new one you're working on I think you just had a single come out right if I told you I think it came out like this month um, yeah yeah and, and the album comes out when this uh, later this year or early next year we're still debating when it's going to come out but uh you know, I got to finish it first. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but uh, it's, it, this record's going to be a little different. You know, I've changed producers and stuff. And and, and we just, uh, you know, you try to be a little different on every record. But it, it, with this one, it just seems, like even a song, if I told you something, I, I don't think I'd ever done a song like that before. And it was it was cool getting it out and, and seeing what it would do. And, and now it's just all about, you know, being true to what we want to do. What I mean, and, and, and this new record, I think it's going to sound a little different. It's going to be a little different, and I hope my fans will dig it. Yeah, definitely. Um, if our listeners come out, they're going to hear all these great songs. Do, do you ever mix in any of the old Hootie stuff, any encore? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think I'd be ripping people off by the Hootie <laughs> songs every night. So, yeah, every every night I play some of the, big, some of the bigger hits and, and, you know, a couple cool covers. Just I love, Like I said, I just want to have a party, man. I just want to have fun. And if it's not fun, it's not worth doing it. Yeah, definitely. Looking back at those years, I mean, it's if you look up the numbers and the stats on like Cracked Rear View, it's it's one of the biggest albums of all time. With Letter Cry, Only Want to Be with You, like take me sort of into um, where you were before that album really popped, and what it was like when it, that really blew up. Oh man, before that, we were just we were playing clubs on the East Coast, you know, from from New York down to Florida, just. Every six weeks, playing the same club, you know, we were doing well, and we were selling out everywhere we were going, and doing well, and, and selling, you know, selling our little EP out of the back of our van, and doing well with that. But uh, 
once Crack Review came out and once the David Letterman show happened, it was like, wow, it was, <laughs> it was just a, a rocket. And it was, uh, but we were, we were lucky. We had, we had each other and our, our career, we had been a band for eight or nine years at that time. And so our career just grew so slowly that when that actually hit, we just didn't feel like it was anything different. We just felt like our, our career was taking the step it was supposed to take. And, and we didn't really think about the record sales or anything. All we were seeing was the shows were getting a lot bigger. And that was really the way we saw it. And so we just kept doing what we were doing. Yeah, I actually, th- I, I always really loved uh, your Fairweather Johnson, too, at Tuckerstown. And I, to me, Old Man and Me is one of my favorites. Of, when you do that, when I get there, I just think it's amazing. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> and then didn't you also do something on the Friends soundtrack, the um, yeah, I Go Blind? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I Go Blind. You know, that's a 5440 song. This 5440 is a Canadian band that we fell in love with. And, uh yeah, we, we, they put that on the French soundtrack, and that song just took a mind of its own, too. I mean, it's just, yeah. it just went crazy. Awesome. What, what's the latest on the? Are you guys, did you do a reunion lately, I thought, or were you going oh, we to? Play, we play every year. We get, Actually, this weekend, we have two shows here in Charleston where I live, and, and you know, it's the charity shows that we do every year here. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still the band. Someday we'll get back together and do a tour, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do it when it's right. Right, but in the meantime, come out and see Darius. You'll hear some of the old hoodie stuff and a lot of the new stuff. Final question: I gotta ask you. Football season's coming up. I know you're a big South Carolina Gamecock guy, and do the Dolphins still make you cry too? Are you getting ready for football season? Oh, I'm so ready for football season. <laughs> I was talking to my son about that last night. You know, the Packer fan and the Hall of Fame games this weekend, and, <laughs> and I, I was just like, you know, football's right around the corner. And for me, you know, there's two times a year for me: it's football season, and waiting for football season. So I, I'm about done waiting football season. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch football. Do the Dolphins still make you cry? Not, even, not after that one in 15 season. After that season, <laughs> I decided I'm not going to cry over the Dolphins anymore. <laughs> but you guys still had a, you had the only undefeated season, so you'll take it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Darius Rucker, thanks so much for taking the time. It was awesome talking to you. And uh, everybody come out. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. I caught up with Darius again at the 2016 Kennedy Center Honors, where he paid tribute to James Taylor, Mavis Staples, Al Pacino, and the Eagles. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.